1: For many of us, bliss is having a family. But for one in six couples in Canada who suffer from infertility, this can be heartbreaking, painful, and beyond stressful. Some of these couples often can only dream of having children and achieving their bliss. But thanks to people like our first guest, fertility specialist, Dr. Clifford Liebrack. Many people are able to overcome this painful struggle and have a family of their own. Also later in the show, we will meet fertility counselor, Jan Silverman, who also personally struggled with infertility and helps other people with their struggle and Dr. Mary Wong, registered traditional Chinese medicine practitioner and registered acupuncturist and author of Pathways to Pregnancy, Personal Stories and Practical Advice on Your Fertility Journey. She is also a fascinating personal story. If you have any questions for our guests, please give us a call at 416-360-0740 or 1-866-740-4740. But first, I am delighted to introduce you to Dr. Clifford Librach. Dr. Clifford Librach is a fertility specialist and a reproductive endocrinologist and the founder of the Create Fertility Center. He is a full professor in the Department of Obstetrics and Gynecology at the University of Toronto and has shown unparalleled leadership and commitment and made significant contributions to our current fertility practice in Canada. He recently completed his term as president of the Canadian Fertility and Andrology Society, known as the CFAS. He has been interviewed extensively on assisted reproductive technology topics in the national and international media. Dr. Liebrach is a leader in the field of obstetrics and gynecology and reproductive medicine research. He has published over 100 peer-reviewed original publications, six book chapters, and over 400 abstracts. Dr. Lee Brack Dr. Clifford Liebrack is a world leader in the field of infertility. And Dr. Liebrack and I also happen, yes, to be married and have been for almost 25 years. Welcome to Finding Your Bliss. And for the purpose of this program, even though I do call him Cliff at home, I will be referring to him as Dr. Liebrack for the duration of this show. So, Dr. Liebrack, welcome to Finding Your Bliss. Thank you so
0: much. <laughs> it's such a pleasure to be here. Thanks for that wonderful introduction.
1: <laughs> of course. How do you define infertility and how common is it?
0: You know, everybody probably knows someone who suffers from this problem. And uh, it, it does affect about one in six couples at an average age of about 30 to 35. But if you look at women and, uh, that are older than that, it tends to be even more common, and uh, we define infertility as trying for one year to tr- to conceive, um, although I think people that are older should really uh, get help uh, sooner. Or if they have a problem that would obviously affect their fertility, like having uh, absence of periods or re- irregular periods or having a sperm problem, they should seek help earlier.
1: Early on. What happens as women get older and how does fertility decline? Like, how does it actually happen?
0: Well, unfortunately, there really is such a thing as the biological clock. And so the problem is that the eggs seem to deteriorate as a woman ages. And so the problem is that she has more chance of not getting pregnant, of having a miscarriage, because a lot of the eggs become abnormal as she gets older. And this is a real challenge for women who are trying to conceive. And not only do they get uh, more abnormal, but she has less eggs to uh, produce. to work with.
1: Right. Is there a cutoff with regards to the age of the women you treat? I think it's gotten much higher than it used to be.
0: <clears throat> well, the problem is once you get into your mid-40s or older, uh, you tend to not have eggs that are capable of producing a healthy child. And so at th- those ages, you have to start thinking about using a an egg donor, a younger egg. Uh, we do have a cutoff just based on our ethics committee up to about 55 But we don't have a lot of people coming at that age to have children, but we do um, uh, help people uh, at virtually any age up until
1: that point. Incredible. Can you walk us through the process of what happens exactly when a couple come to your clinic for help? What is the process that they would go through?
0: Well, I would see them on their first consultation, and um, uh, it could be a single person or or a couple, of course, and uh, I would investigate what the problem is, uh, take a history and a physical exam, and then they would undergo some investigations that are specific to their problem.
1: Blood work, Uh, like is there all kinds of stuff?
0: Yeah, blood work and investigations of their fallopian tubes, if it's a woman. Uh, Men would obviously look at their sperm, Mm -hmm. Um, and so... I think the important thing about treating people with fertility is individualization because each, uh, couple or person that comes to see me has an individual problem and there are so many multiple types of problems that can cause fertility. And it's kind of, I look at it kind of like a puzzle. I'm, I'm a person who always used to, as a child, do puzzles and, you have to figure out what the problem is. So we look at the woman and the man and try to see where the problem is. And sometimes it's a problem for both of them.
1: Right, right. Men, you just mentioned men, but how does age affect men when it comes to fertility?
0: There definitely is a decline in certain functions in men um, in terms of sexual function, but also um, the sperm counts seem to sometimes get lower. Not always, but in men, it's not the same effect, though, with women. But about 50% of the problems we see uh, in fertility is actually due to the men. Wow.
1: I was going to say, how often is the problem due to the female? I think you've just answered the question. How often is it due to the male? That's very interesting. We've just talked about heterosexual couples. I know that you also have a large practice helping people in the LGBTQ plus community. Can you tell us about that?
0: Oh, yes. Um, We've been doing that for many, many years. And, and, um, We'll have uh, the uh, same-sex female couples. Of course, they would need a sperm donor to help them. And we can help them through sperm banks and, and so on and do artificial insemination. And we have very, very good success with that. Sometimes they require more advanced fertility treatment, of course. Um, we also look after same-sex male couples or single men. And we also help them. Uh They, of course, have a much more complicated problem because they don't have eggs or a uterus right. so they require to have an egg donor as well as a surrogate to help them have children and we've been very very successful with uh that that situation
1: and you work with all of the different parties bringing it all together and and that's so incredible it must be so beyond satisfying for you
0: it really is and and when we do the third party reproduction like an egg donor is just such an incredible person who's come to us to help someone else have children uh, and a surrogate. My God, she's carrying a baby for (laughs) somebody else. I call them heroes. I really do. Yeah, (laughs) angels, heroes. They're people who are there that want to help other people have children. And, you know, often for surrogates, they have to have already had children. So they know the feeling of having children in their family and the joy of helping somebody else just makes them feel amazing.
1: That's a beyond blissful thing because they're basically bringing bliss to someone who wouldn't be otherwise be able to achieve it. And so that's beyond uh, a wonderful thing that you can do. Mm-hmm. And it's amazing Absolutely. for people out there. Um, <clears throat> as well, you're often approached by single people. How does that work?
0: So, uh, of course, a single woman would be similar to a same-sex female couple. So they would require a sperm donor to help them. Um, and in terms of single men, it's really the same as a same-sex male couple. Um, you know, when we first started, we didn't see that very often, but it's becoming more and more common that there are single men who want to have children, and uh, they will go through all of that huge amount of uh, of, huh. of, of uh, work and, and medical Angst treatment, and <laughs> yeah, to, and all to have children all that. themselves. Yeah.
1: Are there any ways to prevent uh, fertility issues in males? You know, in men, um,
0: we, we talk about some of the things that are important in terms of when you're young, um, to avoid any kind of injury to the testicle area. Uh, so wearing a protective cup. So any young people listening to this who are playing sports where they could injure themselves there, please use protective, uh, equipment for that area um, of your body. Um, also smoking is, is very bad for the sperm. And I think it's really important to avoid that. And, really a healthy diet and, and avoiding, you know, uh, drugs and, and things like that.
1: You also have said hot tubs, jacuzzis are not good for sperm, right? Those yeah. Are not-
0: you know, men are built where the testicles are away from the body and it's about one degree cooler than the body. So it's important not to, you know, put a lot of heat in that area. So, uh, you know, not going in hot baths, saunas, whirlpools, I see even that. wearing, we even tell people to wear boxer shorts. I remember when I first started in practice, <laughs> we used to tell people that and someone actually did a study and actually showed it does
1: improve your sperm count. It's incredible. Um, you you I know you are one of the leading fertility doctors in Canada, but I think it's so amazing that you help people all over the world. Can you talk a little bit about the surrogacy and even in terms of like some of the countries that that you help people from? And I know there's such a long list, but just to, could you rattle off some of the
0: You know we outreach all over including Canada, we have a satellite clinics all th- uh, over Ontario, and we also have uh do satelliting for people all across the country in Canada. And then we also look at have people in other countries. Now there are fertility clinics there, but a lot of countries don't allow either surrogacy or egg donation. So in Europe, for example, many of the countries don't allow it and, here in Canada, we do have uh, uh, laws that allow for surrogacy. So we help people from virtually any country in Europe. Also in the Middle East, Israel and other countries of the Middle East, we help people as well. Australia is a big one. It's very difficult to do surrogacy there. And also in um, the Far East uh, countries as well. Wow. We have many people coming from all over the world to, to help them here.
1: So describe, when, when I, I've called you at the office and you're on a Skype call, what's happening? What is that?
0: Well, because obviously <laughs> someone who's in Italy or in or in Australia can't uh, come here just to have a consultation, so we'll do a call uh, over the internet and uh, do a consultation, and be able to work out a way to help them have children.
1: Incre- so technology is actually helping uh, make all of this possible, right? It's amazing when you put together all of the all, all of the players. It's wonderful. Egg freezing is also a service that you provide. Can you describe what it is and how it works? Sure.
0: Um so this has really uh become uh possible because of newer technologies. And one of the biggest new technology um in fertility is the ability to freeze embryos and eggs so that they come out virtually the same as when they were frozen. And that technique is called vitrification. Without getting into a lot of detail, it's a rapid freeze into a glass like state. And so when we do that with eggs, eggs have the largest are the largest cells of the body and they have a lot of water in them. So in the old, uh, before we had this technology, they formed ice crystals and it would actually damage the eggs, So now we can freeze them. So now this new uh, sort of uh, technology has allowed us to freeze eggs, and there are a lot of women who are faced with this biological clock problem. They don't have a partner. And they do want to have children and they know when you meet somebody, it might take four or five years to decide that's the right person to spend the rest of your life with. So they're freezing their eggs. In fact, Google and, um, and Facebook both pay for their employees to freeze their eggs. They give a uh, benefit wow. for their employees. So we can do that and we can help people preserve their fertility for future. Now, there is a caveat and that is that you have doing it at a younger age is better when you're not even thinking about having children. <laughs> So, the problem is when you get people who are in their late 30s or 40s that want to do that, their chances of that being successful, unfortunately, are lower. Right.
1: You have an app at Create. You have an app, an egg freezing app that was created by Samantha Yee. There's a voice on that app.
0: Yes, you are the, (laughs) uh, the, the, the narrator. And it's free.
1: And it's free. And it's called Freeze F R Z.
0: Yes, My Eggs. All well, one word, frzmyeggs.com. Uh, dot, no, sorry. No,
1: dot .com. It's That's just, just Freeze My Eggs. It's <laughs> an app eggs, yeah. that you can and get on your phone. it's free
0: on Apple uh, so cool. and uh, on uh, Android.
1: In an ever-growing and fascinating field, just briefly, what are some of the newest technologies out there?
0: So I mentioned one with the freezing, but I think that two come to mind as being uh, pretty incredible. And the first one is genetic testing. So we can actually test an embryo to see if that embryo has the right number of chromosomes. And if people remember back to to high school biology, we all have 46 chromosomes normally. But if there are too many, like a child with Down syndrome, for example, or too few, they can cause severe uh, physical and other problems. And so we can actually test embryos for that uh, problem, and this is the biggest challenge of women as they get older sure. that they have more of these what we call aneuploid or the wrong number of chromosomes. We can also test for certain diseases that uh, a family may have, um, uh, that w- which is being passed on to avoid it being passed on to the next generation and future generations, um, certain diseases that they may have in their family, and um. So that would be one technology that has really revolutionized what we do and improved the success rate hmm. tremendously. The second one is, is really amazing. It's that we can actually watch an embryo grow inside an incubator by taking digital photos every 20 wow. minutes and you actually get a time lapse movie. I always, uh, you know, some people actually ask for this movie on a memory <laughs> stick and they can show their kid, Hey, that's you and you're only eight cells, you know, but, um, wow. but it, it, it allows us to, tell how that embryo is growing and to choose it among other embryos.
1: That's incredible. And this has to be brief because we're we're about to go to commercial, but I know that people stop me all the time to tell me about how you are a miracle worker. So I know that it happens to you constantly. What does it feel like when you help someone who may have been trying for years to achieve a family and you've helped millions or I don't say millions, but thousands of people?
0: You know, uh, it's the most amazing feeling. It's virtually every day I have people bringing their child that, I help them have to the office and they show me and we take pictures and it's the most incredible feeling that I've been able to help them achieve their dream of having children and really change their life.
1: Well, I've never met a harder working person and a more benevolent person who really creates bliss for so many and I think it's incredible and I'm not just saying this because I'm related to you, (laughs) but uh, I'm going to ask you finally, what is bliss for Dr. Clifford Liebrecht?
0: Well, there's no question that the person sitting in front of me is my bliss. Um, Judy, <laughs> you, you have, have been, you know, so supportive of me, undying support over all these years. And I couldn't have done it without you. Of course, my children, my two, my, my son and daughter are, I'm so proud of them and just the bliss of what I do, helping people have children, changing their life, doing my best to help them. And also the cutting edge research that we do which may help people all around the world as well to improve the chance of people having children.
1: You're, you're incredible, and I know you're doing, I, I, don't know, I want to say, almost 30 research projects right now that are going to help a lot of diseases, and you just do great work in the world, and it's incredible. Will you stay for the rest of the show? We're going to go to a short commercial break, and when we come back, we will meet Fertility Counselor Jan Silverman, who will talk about the importance of support for people who are suffering from infertility back in a moment. We are back and this is Finding Your Bliss on Zoomer Radio, AM 740, FM 96.7. We're talking about infertility with Dr. Clifford Liebrach, the founder of the Create Fertility Clinic. And we're now joined by fertility counsellor Jan Silverman. If you have a question for any of our experts, please give us a call at 416-360-0740. Jan Silverman, welcome. Thank you. Jan has worked in the field of infertility for more than 25 years. Following her own infertility experience, Jan became a grassroots activist. She then did a second graduate degree to allow her to work with women and men struggling with their fertility challenges. And she developed the Infertility Support and Education Program at Women's College Hospital and ran that program for a wonderful... 21 years. She is currently in private practice and works to counsel, educate, and advocate around infertility and other reproductive issues. And also, Jan Silverman was one of the 11 experts selected by the Ontario government to participate in their expert panel on infertility and adoption. Jan made her family through adoption and is the mother of two and now the grandmother of three. That's so amazing. Jan, welcome to Finding Your Bless. Thank you so much. What happened to you, Jen, when you were trying to have your own family?
3: Well, I was newly married and knew that I wanted to have a child more than anything in the world, sometimes even more than a husband. I thought. Mm-hmm. And we tried, and I wound up having two ectopic pregnancies. And those are pregnancies that landed in my fallopian tubes. And in those early days, because as you mentioned, I am a grandmother, so it was a little while ago, uh, there were no options. My tubes were removed, and in vitro fertilization was just starting off. And I was presented with... Really, the option of having no children or adopting. So I did choose adoption. However, it was not an automatic decision. I had a lot to deal with, cope with, process. And there was nobody out there in those days talking about infertility, relating to what I was going through, Hmm. and being there to support and help me
1: through probably one of the most difficult periods of my life. Wow. Wow. That's incredible. And this is probably why you're so successful in helping other people that you really get it in, in the full throttle. When you found out that you couldn't conceive you decided to adopt was that a difficult a process for you as well or was that a difficult once you made the decision
3: well it was not as i said an automatic decision because i wanted the whole thing i yeah. wanted what everybody right. wants i wanted a child that was going to be genetically linked to me genetically linked to my husband and i wanted the experience of being pregnant yeah. so be, to be able to take a breath and think oh my goodness I'm not going to have any of that, was not an one automatic. But what I did process and work through was what I really, really wanted was to be a mother. Right. And believe me, I have been a mother.
1: You, uh, and I know that to be true. This led you to helping other people to, who who struggle with infertility. We were talking in the green room about this, and I was asking you, is there a relationship between stress and, and, and infertility? And you say?
3: Well, I don't like to say that there is a direct relationship between stress and infertility because I'm really careful that women and men should not blame themselves and think that because I'm stressed, Mm -hmm. I am causing my infertility. Because it is almost impossible to go through the infertility process and all that it entails without becoming stressed. Right. You have to go visit good doctors like Dr. Liebrecht <laughs> regularly. You know, you have to take medications. You have to have procedures done. Yes. That's stressful. Of course. So I don't want to blame it. But what we do feel is that by finding ways to alleviate as much stress as possible, puts you in a better place and in a
1: better space to cope with what you are going to have to cope with to deal with this successfully. I know you run groups and private individual counseling. What goes on in a group session? I've always wondered. Oh, my groups are my passion. (laughs) So
3: I run a number of support groups on a monthly basis. I run a group on endometriosis, which is for another topic. Um, But I run an infertility support group and I run a very special group called OOO, which is on our own, which mm. are for primarily women, but some men as well that are looking at having men, uh, uh, having babies on their own. So it could be men having
1: babies or women having babies on their own singly. Though.
3: Singly, right. exactly, that they enter it. So the whole idea of a support group is that somebody has the opportunity to look across hopefully a crowded room, <laughs> and note that there's somebody there that really gets what they are experiencing, that really understands the complexity of what they are going through. Right. Because for so many women and men, when you have infertility challenges, you know it feels like everybody in the world
1: has a baby except you. It, as I'm so glad you said that because I, I wonder what you advise people who are surrounded by babies and families are having difficulty getting pregnant and still have to attend all of those holiday parties and family dinners. It was just Christmas, Hanukkah, functions where it's a constant reminder that everybody has a family. What do you advise these people to do?
3: Well, my biggest advice is always don't do anything that's going to further cause you any pain. Mm-hmm. So... You can't always control every nuance of a holiday or a get together, but you can control aspects of it. So you have to think about yourself first and foremost. If going to a baby shower, which is a big thing, is challenging and hurtful, don't go. Don't go. go. Send, Send a Send a beautiful present. gift. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But if it's going to be difficult to hear everybody talk about their pregnancies, talk about breastfeeding, talk about deliveries. Don't go. Hopefully, there will be other times that you can. Honor yourself. Respect yes. where you are at because nobody else is going to respect you if you don't begin by
1: respecting of yourself. Course. Set the boundaries. Exactly. Create the boundaries. It's not just the intended parents themselves who are struggling. Do you have tips or techniques for grandparents and for other family members on how to react or what to say or not to say when their children are struggling with infertility.
3: I think that's an excellent concern because much as parenting can be a rite of passage a pa- rite of passage so is grandparenting and I know that amongst my friends it's all kind of how many grandchildren do you have <laughs> right. and it can be equally challenging when you're the one going uh, none but what you have to do is honor where your children are at. You know, be there for them. Don't harass them. Mm-hmm. You can ask, because I know a lot of people say, I can't even ask. <laughs> but you have to take your lead from your children. Right. And let them have the privacy that they may want or desire. Yes. I will usually tell the the children, the people, the clients that... Um, Tell your family members, let them on a little bit on what you are going through. Right. So they're sensitive. And they're so understanding. they will right. know. Right. So that you, and let them know, tell their parents, the future grandparents, that when you have good news to share. They'll be the you, first. <laughs> exactly. Exactly right. Yeah. Because that way they know that it's in your thought process. But it's hard to report back. And it's hard to report back. Some of the challenges, because as you know, as a mother, you want your child to be okay. And if you're worried about your child, it's complicated. complicated. So give them a little bit of space space and give them
1: love and support. Biggest thing. I even wonder, and I don't know if you've ever done this, and this may be an idea for you, if you ever would do a support group for grandparents. Well, you know,
3: it has come up as um, a time because we'll have many people that will attend support groups and they'll go, oh, I wish my mother could hear this. Oh, I wish my father could hear this. So it's definitely in the works. And I think it's an excellent <laughs> suggestion.
1: New year. In well, a new year. Will you maybe, come a new back idea. Will you come back on the show and tell us about that? And of course, with Dr. Liebreck, <laughs> when, when that occurs? Because that could be a really cool... Uh, I think that's an excellent idea. And, and we'll get I, a grandparent on too to talk and about truly, it. Yeah. And truly, yeah. and if
3: people are interested, they should let you know and we'll get in touch with <laughs> that them. That sounds
1: great. That sounds really good. The most recent research has documented the efficacy of psychological interventions and lowering psychological distress, as well as being associated with significant increases in pregnancy rates. So a cognitive behavior group approach may be the most efficient way to achieve both of those goals. But what is your approach to helping women and men who suffer from infertility? Like in this group, what happens in terms of your approach to?
3: Well, again, and I think that CBT cognitive behavioral therapy is wonderful and mindfulness programs are outstanding and a good way to deal and cope. But I think sometimes just having an empathetic ear can be so, so helpful. Someone that just kind of doesn't try and pretend that it's not a real problem. Oh, don't worry, it's going to happen. Mm -hmm. You know, because when you're sitting there concerned about Will I ever have that opportunity to be a mother? It's not always helpful to have people be dismissive or they do it from they come from a good place. Right. They want to help. You have to acknowledge that but it that you, it's
1: that it that it's really happening. Exactly. And,
3: right? And so just being there as an ear, offering some pragmatic suggestions, mm-hmm. you know, letting them know often about some of the medical aspects that are available, not from the medical way that Dr. Liebreck would talk about it, but talking more about what does it mean to have a child through adoption? What does it mean to look at having a child through an egg donor or using a surrogate to help you have a child right. or using a sperm donor? You know, sometimes just talking about some of those experiences and letting
1: them know that they're not alone can be so, so powerful. Would you ever have a surrogate come to one of your groups just to model what that looks like, like a surrogate that's pregnant?
3: Well, absolutely. And we also, there's, you know, there's groups right now. There's a support group called Extra Support that (laughs) supports women that are using egg donors, which is outstanding. But basically to see that these women that want to help women by being surrogates and egg donors are primarily amazing, as you were saying earlier, they're angels on earth. Absolutely. That are there to help other people achieve their dream and find their place.
1: What is it like for you when some of your women get pregnant in whatever way or they have a baby in whatever way is possible and men? Cause I know you, and you've just come from a conference in Israel, men That's having right. babies. What was that like?
3: Oh, my God. It was probably the most phenomenal experience. And as Dr. LeBrak was saying, you know, there is nothing like walking the streets and having people, oh, my God, oh, my God, I can't believe that I have a baby. Look, look, look. You can't go anywhere without having somebody that stops you to talk about it. And when you meet the men that are um, having children, and it's not just – You know, men having babies is one institution, but we also have um, other groups as well creating, you know, babies. Um, It's just awesome to think that people that thought that they would never have that opportunity. Right. Because a generation ago, you would not have had two men able to produce a family. That's right. You would not have had women that could just come into a clinic and yes you could do inseminations other ways but to do it in a safe
1: proper, proper manner. manner yeah
3: and with respect is, and dignity and, and the fact yeah. that through the programs at create that so many people that have issues such as i had all those years ago can now make a family okay. is just phenomenal
1: for both of you it must make your day week month year of life every time it happens right because it's it's so huge it's not uh, i don't know it, to me it's it's life right it's it's uh, helping somebody have the wonderful thing that we all know
3: judy we i feel lucky on a daily basis to do the work that I do and that after all these years to
1: love the work that I do. Isn't that incredible? How lucky did I get? Very. <laughs> so good. What What are some final tips would you say to, for that you would give to people just emotionally, spiritually, mentally on how to overcome their infertility? What would, what would be so some? So I'm
3: going to start by challenging the word overcome because I'm not sure if we ever overcome. I think what we learn the best is how are we going to deal with it, and move on with our lives. And I think you on your show really focus on many of these aspects, which is that one thing that infertility taught me was that as important as being a parent was and has been to me, it's also important to find other parts of my own life that can help fill out... Who and what I am. Oh my goodness, having a child has been phenomenal. But I have to remember that there are more things than just that that constitute who I am. Right. And a lot of what we try to do is help people to realize, to follow, to find and follow other dreams, other hopes,
1: other desires. Absolutely true. What is bliss for Jan Silverman? Oh, my goodness.
3: There are so many things, honestly. It's, I think, community, though. If I had to pick one thing, it would be being lucky enough to have so many communities, and that's back to the groups. What I do is create a community of people and then I have my dance community and my synagogue community and all the other things that constitute and make
1: me who I am. It's fantastic. What I love and I've noticed in both of you is your enthusiasm and how your eyes sparkle and light up with animation <laughs> when you talk, Dr. Liebreck, about what you do and Jen Silverman, what you do, and you really compliment each other in, in what you both do. And, uh, and that's uh, just so incredible because it is you are living your purpose and your calling, but you're doing it by making the the world a better place, which is so fantastic.
3: Oh my gosh, Judy, thank you. <laughs> We're going to go to. I, go
1: sorry, 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 go ahead. I just want to say that
0: I and Jan and all of us could not do this without the other amazing people that we work with, the other doctors and all the members. Of our clinic that are just incredible, the nurses and the embryologists and so on. It takes we, a team, takes a, take, a village.
1: <laughs> it takes a village, it really yeah, does yeah. to make babies. Yeah, it's incredible. We're going to go to a short commercial break. When we come back, we will meet another colleague of yours, Dr. Mary Wong, registered traditional Chinese medicine practitioner and registered acupuncturist, the CEO of a live holistic health clinic, and the author of Pathways to Pregnancy. Back in a moment
2: Keep safe and healthy during these challenging days, remembering that life is about moments that we create together.
1: We are back, and this is Finding Your Bliss on Zoomer Radio AM 740, FM 96.7. We're here with Dr. Clifford Liebrack, founder of the Create Fertility Clinic, fertility counselor Jan Silverman, and we are now joined by Dr. Mary Wong. Mary Wong is the founder of Alive Holistic Health Clinic, the author of Pathways to Pregnancy, a Life and Fertility Coach, a frequent sought-out speaker, and a traditional Chinese medicine practitioner and acupuncturist with 27 years of experience. She has helped thousands of women and couples overcome infertility as a patient who struggled with fertility challenges mary's personal experience has fostered compassion and a deep respect for the women who come to her for help and through her expertise guidance and mission mary strives to improve one's health and bring a renewed sense of possibility to realize one's dreams by bridging the gap between eastern and western medicine she lives in toronto with her husband daughter and kitten, (laughs) (laughs) Mary, George, (laughs) George. (laughs) hi, George, (laughs) Mary, welcome. Welcome to the show. Thank you
4: so much for having me here.
1: You say in your book, Pathways to Pregnancy, Personal Stories, and Practical Advice for Your Fertility Journey, which, by the way, is available on Amazon and at all major booksellers. So in Pathways to Pregnancy, you say that you are more than a traditional Chinese medicine practitioner handing out advice to those struggling with infertility.
4: What do you mean by that? Well, as you mentioned earlier, I personally have a story. So I identify through my heart and my soul, because I've been there. And also, I come from a science background, so I really love bridging the gap between Eastern and Western medicine, because it's not just about this art that's been around for thousands of years, but really bridging in the Western science behind it. I'm a bit Mm -hmm. of a science geek myself. I come from a (laughs) science background, and in fact, my, um, my initial mission was to become a medical doctor, And it wasn't until my grandmother literally had two weeks to live, as per um, the doctor said that, and she was 86 at the time. And then we decided, okay, well, if she's going to die, let's bring her home. And through that, we decided to try something like Chinese medicine, because why not? We're Chinese. Why not try it, right? (laughs) So, (laughs) not even joking. (laughs) So, we did. And the miracles of that, she, she... spontaneously recovered after three months. So then I thought, my goodness, I need to bridge that gap. And so I finished my university degree, and then I went straight into Chinese medicine. Wow! And so that's what brought me into Chinese medicine.
1: You've helped a lot of people doing that. Yeah. Can I just ask you to take me back to the time, to your own personal story, just to share with our listeners what happened to you and what was going through your mind at that time?
4: Absolutely. And of course, for anybody that's listening who has been through or are currently experiencing fertility challenges, you don't expect it. Mm -hmm. It's just... You know, you have this automatic assumption that it you'll be fine and it'll happen when you want to. Right. Because when you're young, it's uh, the teachers, everybody around you is having the fear put in you about getting pregnant, right? Right. So when the time comes, you're going to expect that it'll happen. Right. And both my grandmothers actually were pregnant and had babies at 46 naturally. Wow. So certainly, I thought. This it will was happen going to be a piece me. of cake. Right. And because I'm in the holistic field, I take care of myself, I don't drink, I don't smoke, right? All of that. Mm-hmm. I thought if anything was going to be a problem, it would be my husband's. <laughs> and when we weren't conceiving after uh, uh, over a year... I literally thought it was my husband.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we always want to blame it on the man.
4: <laughs> You've been drinking too much. So unfortunately, his sperm liked beer and it was okay. <laughs> <laughs> and it, um, the shock was that I found out that I had bilateral hydro pinks, which means that my tubes were not only blocked, both my floating tubes were blocked wow. and fluid filled which also meant that even if I cleared them, um, well, you know, at the end of the day, no amount of relaxation or going on a holiday was going to have us conceive naturally because eggs and sperm would just not meet up. Right. So So what did you do? Well, it was a soul searching time because again, you know, I've fallen in love with the art of Chinese medicine and holistic health and, Uh, the original thinking was, it just has to be natural. right? But then confronted, and I would say serendipitously that I could not do it naturally. I had to really dig deep
3: Mm -hmm.
4: and consider, do I want a child through my womb or do I want to live Mm child-free? And then it became a no-brainer because as Jan Silverman said here, uh, it's about being a mom. Right. However, way possible. And I literally did a triple or three pronged approach, is what I call it. <laughs> yeah. Because I tried naturally, and then I tried um, IVF, which I did multiple times. And um, in fact, I'll share with you I tried eight times. Wow. Two of them were canceled because um, the drug protocol just wasn't working for me. But I count them because I took mm. the drugs. Right. Course and then the first after the fourth one, my husband and I were talking. Oh my gosh! Like you know, if if you do the same thing over and over again, it's basically the definition of insanity, right? So Mm -hmm. you don't you you want to expect a different result, but it wasn't happening. So Mm -hmm. we had to consider other options, and we did not only look into. We actually went down the adoption path, Mm -hmm. international adoption through China. Wow. And that took a year. And we were going through that. We were leaving behind the whole IVF process. And when we finally got on that wait list, they said it was going to be seven to ten years. So You're kidding me. No. That's crazy. Oh, my gosh. So then I had to rethink. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, let's go back to the fertility clinic. <laughs> and again serendipitously, we are here today and um you asked me to be on the show and Dr. Liebrag was my doctor. So I didn't even you know. realize that wow. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> And Jenna Silverman was my fertility counselor. And and we sat on the fertility panel together for the government and wow. for Ontario. So it was um really So what happened? What was the end of the story? Well, we had our baby through IVF and so um great. I have, so how, how I see it is that it really does take a community. And wow. uh, Dr. Lee Brack was talking last year about uh, the Canadian Fertility Andrology Society, and and the theme was it takes a village to create an embryo, right? Right. So my thing was, uh, and I say it in my book, Pathways to Pregnancy. Uh, we traditionally think that it takes a village to raise a child, but it really takes a village to create a to baby. To create a baby, yeah. Isn't it incredible that we have this wonderful village, though, and we can do this?
1: Absolutely. And and don't you like and and getting it? You you must want to help people even more because you want to share the joy, right? It's like you have it; you yes. want other people to experience it as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. What is what is the the difference between an Eastern or a traditional Chinese medicine practitioner and a Western fertility doctor? Like you bring them together, but what would you say is the difference?
4: Well, science, we looked at things more microscopically. So Dr. Librak is a reproductive endocrinologist. So you look you know, at the hormones, you look at the, you, you literally focus. When you take an ultrasound, you look at the womb. right. Right. And in Chinese medicine, we, we look at that. Yes, of course, we're not going to disregard it, but we also look at the whole picture. Right. You know, how are you feeling physically, emotionally, spiritually? Right. Because as a woman who have gone through it, it can break you. Right. Right. Emotionally, it is, it can tear you apart. And, um, we have to look at not just how you're feeling, but also The other impact, and it's funny because in Chinese medicine, we've been talking about this for thousands of years, Mm. but now we call it the new science of epigenetics. (laughs) So the science of epigenetics says (laughs) that the environment in which you grow your eggs, well, every cell in your body, for that matter, is impacted by your physical well-being as well as your emotional and environmental well-being. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. You you talked about the shame, shock and self-blame during this time. What do you suggest to these women who share your experience based on your
4: own? Well, the very first thing is that we need to negate the shame. Mm -hmm. And I I don't want there to be self-blame. And I know that Jan (laughs) mentioned that as well. Mm -hmm. Because really, it's also a societal thing, right? There's a natural tendency towards... um, like a delaying in childbearing years. Mm-hmm. Because really, the reality is women are becoming more educated. And when you're early 30s, it's actually quite far from the radar mm-hmm. in terms of even getting married and finding a spouse, never mind having a baby. Mm-hmm. So by the time you have want to have a child, there's a chance that you may not right. be able to. And you know we know one in six are having issues. So it's prevalent and it's not your fault. Absolutely. However... There's a lot of things that you yourself can do proactively. Now you say
1: you're most likely to conceive naturally when you're more balanced physically, mentally, and emotionally. What do you mean by that? And what do you suggest couples do? And I know you talk about acupuncture.
4: Okay, great. Thank you. That's a great question. And (laughs) so let me just, so listen, I am forever indebted to Dr. Liebrach and his team at the fertility clinic. But I'll tell you, no one really wants to go to the fertility clinic. And there are things that you can do on your own, right? Mm-hmm. And sometimes people, I, and I've witnessed this too, some people go to the fertility clinic, do whole rounds of IVF, and then they still end up getting pregnant naturally. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. can't negate that. right? And so, but before you even get to the fertility clinic, what can you do for yourself? Right. So let's find out. If you have endometriosis, let's find out if we have PCOS right. or blocked fallopian tubes and all those things and see what you can do with that. And in terms of balance, if you don't, let's say you don't have a regular menstruation or maybe you're anovulatory, don't have menstruation at all. Right. I've witnessed and through our work have helped women get their cycles back. And that's wow. definitely a step closer to fertility and conceiving a child because mm-hmm. if you don't have menstruation, You can't get pregnant on your own. Are
1: are there foods you should eat and not eat? And what exercise do you suggest for women trying to conceive?
4: That is a very loaded question because (laughs) everyone has... (laughs) It's loaded. It's loaded. It's very loaded because we're all individuals with very different uh, makeup and different backgrounds. So, for example, a person with polycystic ovarian syndrome, oftentimes there's a blood sugar imbalance. So, you know, for that person, you really want to be careful and perhaps look at a good GI diet. So glycemic index is what you're looking at, right? For someone else, it may be completely different. You want uh, endometriosis. It's an inflammatory issue. And so sometimes in that case, you may want to look at having more of an anti-inflammatory diet. Right, right. And really, it's beyond the scope of this kind of um, Discussions, so I would advise people to look for someone like myself, or a naturopath, or a dietitian to discuss that. And in terms of um, other lifestyle things like exercise, certainly when you're doing IVF, we we typically say um, don't exercise too much, right? But otherwise, um, I, I mean, it's it's again a loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> well, so. Pathways to
1: Pregnancy. What can people expect to find in this wonderful book? Personal stories and practical advice for your fertility journey. You tell your story as well in this book. What what else can people look forward to reading in this book?
4: Well, there, it's actually fifteen stories of hope, and I yes. do um, stress hope because when you go through fertility, there's not a lot of hope, and you feel really lonely. So the point of it all is to increase hope decrease your sense of loneliness, and actually having great practical advice other than you do, like if you go down the path of Google, mm-hmm. Dr. Google does not necessarily give you the best advice. <laughs> or, or the hope. <laughs> or the hope, right. right. So so it gives you much better direction. There's over 200 um, research studies that I cite. So it is very up-to-date and they're science-based Facts and uh, the fifteen stories, it's wide and varied because they have different women and men with different conditions and situations and somebody's uh, gonna diagnoses. relate to
1: one of them. Like there there's so many. That's what I found in, in, in looking over your book and I have to admit I haven't fully read the whole thing, but I read parts of it and I see that there's something for everyone. Like there's someone's gonna relate. Absolutely, Somewhere, which is great. Yeah, and even so if
4: even if you don't have one condition, you relate to whatever they're going through for sure. So fantastic! Yeah. What is bliss for merit for Doctor Mary Wong? Well, bliss is really in the moment. And especially for a person that is going through fertility challenges, there's not much bliss. So how do you find bliss in the moment? Yes. By being fully present. And I love it that you do meditation because you help find peace and presence in that moment. Absolutely. And um, before we sign off, I want to actually tell people that one of the things I do beyond the book is I uh, created Fertility Talks, which is my way of giving back. And it's a free informational type of um Live broadcast through Facebook initially, and now it's onto YouTube. So great! Yeah. How can people get in touch with you, Dr. Mary Wong? So MW at
1: AliveHolisticHealth.ca. That's wonderful. Dr. Clifford Librack, how can people get in touch with you?
0: Through our website, CreateIVF.com or info at CreateIVF.com.
1: That's wonderful. And Jan Silverman. Uh, Jan Silverman at Outlook.com. That's fantastic. I want to thank all of my wonderful guests for being here today, Dr. Clifford Liebrack, reproductive endocrinologist and founder of the Create Fertility Clinic, and Dr. Mary Wong, who is, again, the author of <laughs> Pathways to Pregnancy, this beautiful book, and, of course, uh, Dr. Uh, uh, Jan Silverman, not a doctor, but you could be a doctor, uh, Jan Silverman uh, who is a wonderful fertility counselor as well. And I also, uh, we know how to get in touch with everyone, which is great. I also want to thank producer Phyllis Newman and the producer of today's show in studio, the wonderful Mag Ruffman, and production coordinator Siobhan Kylie, intern Haley Allegia, technical producer Duncan Briggs. Hi, Duncan. And everyone here at Zoomer. And to stay in touch with all of our exciting news, follow us at The Bliss Minute on Instagram and Facebook, or check out our magazine at findingyourbliss.com. Dr. Mary Wong is going to be having an article coming up soon in the magazine. Yes? Yes. We talked about that. (laughs) And as always, we're going to close out the show with a meditation. And I'm going to tell you about that in just a moment. But I have one quick announcement to make. And that is that the producer of today's show, Mag Ruffman, has a self-help cabaret. Now, I've actually seen it. And it is Absolutely spectacular. And her next show is Sunday, January 19th. Yes, this one woman show will take place at the 120 Diner, which is located at Church in Richmond. The show is from 6 to 7:30 p.m. And it is a it's musical, there's singing, there's great costumes, there's great props, and it's wonderful. I highly, highly recommend the show. And so now As always, we're going to do the meditation. If you're driving, please pull over, turn off your ignition, sit back and enjoy. I invite you all to take a deep breath and when you're comfortable, begin to gently close your eyes. I wonder if you would just take a moment to imagine yourself feeling more calm, peaceful and focused. And as you allow yourself naturally to conjure up an image of what that would feel like, just consider what you might be seeing, hearing, and what you might be feeling, all of which shows that you are more calm, peaceful, and focused. And perhaps you are already feeling more calm, peaceful, and serene. Now maybe you can think of a single way to incorporate this feeling of calm into your life in the days and weeks ahead. And after you've done that, Know that it really can be this easy to create a little more peace and calm in your day and in your life. So I invite you now to take in a deep breath in through your nose, just for a moment, and breathe out through your nose or mouth, and begin to move your attention back to the room and begin to open your eyes, stretch and smile, And have a wonderful afternoon. For all of us here at Finding Your Bliss, I'm Judy Liebrach, reminding you all to take one step closer to finding your bliss.
0: This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.